Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Hello, everyone. It's been a long time. Uh, I'm here with our host, Lance Psycho. Wow, the actual host. Yep. I am just your passerbyer, Al Gore. Just sees the microphone, has got to put it in his mouth, barged in. <laughs> Taking over the podcast, letting you know of deals. The first one is, if you're going to purchase a deal, you can save up to 50% all month long. That's crazy. This month ends 8.30, Dell Small Business Month. 50%. Yeah. So to, Amazing. To access your exclusive Inside the Firm savings, visit dell.com forward slash Inside the Firm to receive your coupon or call uh, 800. Are we not doing the one anymore? You can just do 800. Is it, that's crazy. 800. Yep. 757 8442. You would speak with the small business tech advisors, mention inside the firm listener that uh, and you get you get huge savings. Small business month buy Dell now. Make it happen. Make that happen. Al, it could be a while before we're attending trade shows again. I actually think it will be a while. I don't think anything's going to happen until maybe next summer. They're canceling everything still. Uh, it's crazy. So what is your plan to stay up to date with new products? Well, let me tell you, you don't even have to go to a trade show for that. Matter of fact, you ArtCat works with leading manufacturers to showcase their products and host their technical data. See what's new from your favorite manufacturers or find a product you didn't know you needed. We even work with manufacturers to list their latest continuing education courses so you can get those credits while you stay at home. Best of all, Everything that we've mentioned is free, F-R-E-E. Arcat doesn't charge nor require registration for anything, which I love, that we've mentioned. Use Arcat, that's A-R-C-A-T.com, to keep up with the latest and greatest architectural products today. Okay, cool. I got something new for you. Haven't even told you about, you don't even know about. I like surprises. Okay, so... The world has been, it's 2020, so the world has obviously been crazy. Crazy. Right? Not only the coronavirus, right? But we've all seen the ramifications of the George Floyd death, right? The Black Lives Matter protests, the riots, the reforms. And a lot of people don't know what to do or how they can help, right? Um, Or what even they should be doing. And I've been thinking about this for a while. You know, I I have a family and kids, um, so I'm not going out there and protesting or anything like that. And I, and I don't even speak about policy too much because it's not my area of expertise. And I don't, even though <laughs> I have a podcast where we, we have a podcast where we talk about a lot of stuff, I don't talk about a lot of stuff outside my area that I'm, that I do things for. Right. So we're choosing to help out where we have knowledge. And a lot of listeners also have the same knowledge, which is in design, architecture, and Revit. And this is what I want to extend to all of our listeners about how they can help out. We're basically looking for sponsors, right? So many poorly funded schools, they don't have the resources that they need. This is part of that disparity talk that's going on, that you don't have the same resources or the same opportunities. Yeah. But what can we do, right? 
um, to help students succeed in their profession. First, and, and what I'm talking about is architecture and specifically Revit. It's hard to start from a blank slate. So by providing a professional Revit template to a high school CAD class instantly gives them a leg up. Secondly, if you provide hundreds of specifically made Revit families that are not only lightweight, ready to plug in, render ready, it can increase what they can produce, right? Um, and how long it takes. They don't have to spend all these hours searching online and it improves the quality of the design. A lot of people know you're hired on your portfolio, yep. your rendering. And then lastly, we can provide on-demand de on training to how to use these resources, how to design a project like it gets built, and how to start their own project. And all this knowledge reduces roadblocks. So here's what you as a listener can do if this is up your alley. Uh, up your alley. If you purchase the Revit Rocket Chip course, which is everything that I just described there, and we're actually throwing in um, all, all these uh, Revit families. We will donate that same resource to a high school of your choice. A high school class of your choice will get the same thing, up to 100 students. So they'll get the professional template, they'll get um, the, the families, plus that whole list of tutorials where it's broken into five minutes chunks so they, they can find answers quicker. You might be thinking, is this too much for high school? Well, we've already done this. And Eddie Mull, he's a teacher in North Carolina. This is what he let us know. This is a quote. Your template worked out really great. Our drafting two class used it. And I am sure would, we would not have the results if we not had the advantage of your template. Because of your generosity to let us share this with students, it allowed us to achieve some incredible Revit work. Autodesk said that they were at a professional level already and the NC North Carolina Department of Education thought it was the instructor's work until they saw most of the class had produced the same extraordinary models and renderings. Amazing. So to take advantage of this, go to RevitRocketShip.com, enroll in the course. You'll see the add the coupon code, you know, when you go to checkout. Type in B, capital B, the number two, and then S. So it's back to school. B2S. This way, we know that you are part of this, that you want to donate to the local school of your choice that will get all this. So not only will you get the resources that even if you just increase 2% your Revit skills, it's going to pay off. You've now given that to up to 100 students for one high school. So go to RevitRocketShip.com, enter B2S, capital B, the number 2S, um, and that's, that's one way you can get resources to the community that you want to help so that they can get a leg up. And I, and I honestly believe that it will help. Hey, well, that teacher just said it did. And then Autodesk <laughs> actually, want, actually gave us some feedback uh, on that, which is incredible. Yeah. And their department just thought they were showing them instructor's work. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, that's the, that's the students. I love that. That's the kids. I love that. Speaking of Autodesk, there is a, uh, an open letter that was recently written um, and it's uh, it was in AEC magazine, <clears throat> and the open letter is to Andrew uh, Egonost, president and CEO of Autodesk, and the subject is an open letter that reflects customer perspectives on Autodesk in 2020. Everybody who listens to this podcast already knows we are big fans of Autodesk. We are huge fans of Revit. Clearly, Re did anyone mention RevitRocketShip.com? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
And so we wanted to break this. We wanted to read this letter and then break it down from from our perspective because it's been it's been pretty contentious uh, among architects um, and and design professionals that use Autodesk software, right? Um, so here goes industry context. The REBA Royal Institute of British Architects Chartered Practice Benchmarking Report highlights the increasing cost of ownership of design-based software as part of the overall growth in costs that the design industry is facing even before the COVID-19 pandemic costs were under significant scrutiny and the value added by software vendors is now being questioned as it as never before. It is in this context that a number of practices who represent a revenue stream for Autodesk of over 22 million in the, 15, in the last five years and thousands of users have come together to express their concerns in a survey which was carried out in June 2020. Their concerns relate to the increasing cost of ownership and the operation of Autodesk Revit software and fundamentally its lack of development. In the period between 2015 and 2019, most practices who participated in the survey have had at least five different license models in play, moving from individual product license to suites, through to collections, and now in 2020 to individual user license. Overall, those surveyed have seen costs increase up to 70% and beyond to the end of 2019. Practices would be less worried about worried by the cost increases if they were mirrored by productivity improvements and progressive software development program. Where once Autodesk Revit was the industry enabler to smarter working, it increasingly finds itself in a constraint and bottleneck. Practices find that they are paying more but using Revit less because of its, its constraints. Okay, so the next is going to go into kind of what they think the, the issues are. And the reason that we are reading this is... Uh, we talked to um, a bunch of different people at different universities, and we obviously talk about Revit because that's what we do. And we got an email back <laughs> citing this letter, basically just saying Revit's terrible, and like that's the end of the discussion. Um, so this is a recent letter. So this is why we want to address it is because um, I guess we'll go into the points, but I don't know. I. I think I have a pretty hardline opinion of this, Clearly. <laughs> but, but, but it's not, it's not a, I'll tell you why when you, when you go through. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to start with like number two? Yeah. So, so like Alex said, then it goes into sort of this Q and a, so question number two, most practices think that the platform is not meeting current industry requirements. Number three, number three, uh, Autodesk has tabled a variety of, initiatives for the next generation of tools to replace Revit, but failed to prioritize investment and failed to communicate the roadmap for delivery of viable platform to users. Uh, question eight, cost increases on existing software portfolios continue, but little value is added to create improved productivity in the core product for design practices in the industry. Product design, project design outcomes thrive on ever-increasing collaboration between different design disciplines, requiring many forms of data, interoperability between software pl platforms, as well as compliance to international data standards. Pause right there. The interoperability? Yeah. Um, that That's one... Autodesk is probably the best at that because if you work with their uh, 360... And some yeah. of the other things that's kind of the the benefit of autodesk is that i mean they're trying not everything can be but like they can be passed back and forth um 
it's kind of what Adobe is doing with uh, their suite of things. Yep, that, their you creative know, suite. Y- yep. yep. Um, okay, you can keep going. There's, there's other. I don't know if you want to keep reading that or go to number nine. Let's go to number nine. It, so basically, uh, just it, number eight. It keeps going on with with this. I with basically with that kind of thought process. So number nine. Um, Cloud services must be an area of potential future expansion for design businesses, as well as for Autodesk as a provider. However, trust, empathy, and respect need to be at the core of any such future business relationship. The protection of intellectual property will be at the center of the debate for cloud-based common data environments. Users want to know what any data that resides in the Autodesk cloud is going to be used for beyond individual project collaboration. Further, the robustness and performance of the Autodesk cloud platform remains a cause for concern. You know what the what what, it, what that reminds me of is this idea of intellectual property, and that they're collecting all this data on us. Like it's just like everything, right? Twitter, Facebook, Matterport, Instagram, Matterport. Yeah, exactly. Matterport from from Google and and all of that. No, no. Matterport is the 3D scanner. Oh, sorry. Matterport from the 3D scanner. But what I'm getting at is like, <clears throat> so I actually have a little bit of empathy on that part. Uh, that that's actually a decent point in my opinion because it would be nice to have some transparency about it, right? Right. Of how that data is being being used. Right. Um, so you know that was maybe one of the only ones that I thought that was decent, <laughs> right? <laughs> as far as your critique and, goes. And if everyone knows if there's a response to this, that would be great. Um, number five, it should be noted that most organizations record a positive relationship with the uh, technical and product support teams in Autodesk. Oh, I guess, um, I guess that was then saying that, but some of them didn't want to add their name to the list because they didn't want Autodesk to be mad at them. Yeah. That's what they were saying. Um, so this is the, this letter is totally fine. I think people, some people are getting bent out of shape. And here's what I mean. Meet meet a fan of Apple that doesn't have a critique of yeah. Apple. Yeah. Meet a fan of Facebook. You know what? Facebook ha- ever it seems like everyone hates Facebook this, these days or Twitter. It seems like everyone hates, you know, they're dumbing down our conversations all this, yet you're still all on. You're all, and you're we're all, all using, using it. We're right? all addicted. And the point is And it's and it's still actually all of those platforms still do what they're supposed to do like it is a. It is. It is one. Of, it's. There's no better way to connect with people, especially now. And like Facebook, literally has saved a lot of small businesses because of their small. That's why their stocks are. That their stock is accelerating like it is, is because they provided this Facebook marketplace and people like people took their stores from brick and mortar to online and a large part of the economy was saved for it. Right. So like I, I get the gripe of of griping about these large corporations but at the same time like if you're not recognizing the benefits i mean i just think like you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too but but why i like this letter so much is because if if all of the let's just say all of these are true autodesk you came together as users and said what you wanted and if autodesk slash revit slash these other programs don't listen it opens the door to competition it me so there was a lot of people clamoring for an electric car back in the 90s, in the 2000s, and then now. And they would, GM and them would give them okay slash shitty electric cars. And then Tesla came and said, oh, do you want a really, really good one? Like, yeah, that's what we've been saying. Mm-hmm. Now guess where their market is at. So if if Autodesk, if this is true, and if a lot of people, a lot of people feel this way, and Autodesk doesn't listen, it just means that the next Revit is gonna be from someone else. Exactly. That's what that means. 
and 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 it's it's good to have this this open dialogue and to talk about it um so i i feel like this is very very normal i don't feel like this is uh how it was presented us that this, Here, this, here's this. the problem with Revit. Why would you use Revit? This, like, what are you talking about? You're, you're telling me something's not perfect. Like, we were having this discussion about something else. Like, you and Lance telling me, "Hey, Al, want to really let you know that it wasn't. I'm not perfect, and sometimes I lose my temper." Like, have I not known you for ten years? Like, mm-hmm. thank you for that info. Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do with this awkward mm-hmm. info? So I'd be like Al telling me he can't spell. Yeah. I'd be like, oh. Mr. Wow. Gore. <laughs> I never considered that. I never. And whenever I look over your emails before we send them, they're important emails. It's not, I'm doing spell checks, yeah. grammar checks. Huh. Interesting. It's a perfect example. Yeah. So I agree. I think it was blown out of proportion. I don't, I think it's unfair if you are, if you, if people are, if people are reaching out to you and you're sending this back um, to them and just saying, rub it dumb, discussion over. Boy, what a short-sighted view of the whole thing, and 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 it is the right First Amendment of every of everybody who's using this any kind of software or any 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 anything regarding a corporation or product or whatever. Like, why? Yeah, go ahead. Collectively, get together and vet your you know problems to them. Yep. And and also, I don't think people know how hard it is to actually make these decisions. That whole roadmap to make the decisions about what's going to be included, what's not going to be included, what we're going to put our R&D in to, what we're not, and how we're going to release it. Because here's one very, very small example, right? I have this app that I've been telling Lance about. It's from Adobe. And normally, I hate Adobe because it takes up too much computer power and it's really, really slow, right? So again, I'm one of these gripers. But on my phone, it's called Adobe Fill and Sign. And you click on it, you can import a PDF, and it has two little buttons. One is where I can do my signature, and the other one is where I can put in my information. That's all it has. It all all it has. So I, all I want this Adobe fill and sign to do, because I'm a user. So they should <laughs> obviously listen to me yeah. and do everything I say. Not and for me not to know the whole uh, concept of how actually things work and how to put things together. I go okay. That's great that I have a sign button. But I also want just a, a text button because sometimes it's sign and date. Yeah. Right? And then I was sitting there thinking about this, not in the relationship to Revit. And I go, okay, yeah, but once I get that, you know, like where I can put in the text, I want the comment button because sometimes I get stuff and I just want to comment. Now you want to do a comment. Yeah. Getting but greedy, getting greedy. Also, sometimes a contract sent and there's only one typo and I could easily edit it if they just had an edit button. So now in five minutes, I just added four buttons to this free app. Think where that goes. Think about managing that, right? And think about that in the context of one of the most successful companies that people still hate, and that's Apple, which really tries to reduce and pare their products down. So all I'm saying is that it's a, they probably realize, I don't know. I don't know if you realize how, how difficult it is. I don't know if you're a BIM manager, if you realize how difficult it is to run a company that's making multiple products and have them all interrelate and work and do user, uh, you know, get user feedback and improve it. Obviously, they can improve because because every company is based on in, improving. Um, but that that's that's my that's my opinion of the letter. Yeah, I'm with you. I, look... And then if I just had to boil it down to a pure pragmatic assessment of it, 
my my complaints haven't been so much about about the cost. Like, sure, we want things cheaper, but yeah, my, my and I'd I wouldn't, sign even, that I, would, I wouldn't, as I would say, critiques is it's um just simple stuff, just simple stuff that that would be that would be nice to be imp- implemented. But and like one of the big ones recently was oh now, so now they enabled a uh, a spell check all all, all, th- all throughout or like you could put the t- the text box around the text like for the f- if I boil it down I don't know man that piece of software Rabbit has just leapfrogged us time and time again especially now as contractors uh, and the the ability the ability for us to go in and model things and test them ahead of time. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I don't think it's worth complaining. I mean, the cost, the 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 benefit's still always the cost. Yeah, all day long. And that's also, just, that's just me. We we're not blameless in this. Like we've had hundreds of suggestions that we think should be implemented, but it, it's easier to be a complainer than a builder. It yeah. is much easier, and for some reason, it is way more gratifying to sit there and complain and complain and and do this feedback loop. It also makes you look like an expert. Because you spotted an error or an improvement, right? So it feeds your ego. Yeah. Right? And I'm saying this not because I know you, the listeners, are the writers. It's because I know myself. He does. He, can't, he can't spell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Ne- next thing I wanted to talk about with you, Al, <clears throat> we kind of already touched base on this a little bit, but is whether, whether, whether you should be a pit bull or a golden doodle. And if you don't know what a gold doodle is, I feel sorry for for you, anybody out listening. They are the best dogs ever. Uh, time time out. You didn't have a, do- a golden doodle. Yeah, and then it died. That was a golden doodle. Yeah. Okay. Untrue statement. Golden doodles are not the best dogs ever. Golden retrievers are. Ugh. I bet he can't even spell retriever. Time out. <laughs> time out. Did your dog ever learn not to bark at people it knows coming up? Uh, no, it was, it was a killer. It was ready to kill people. No, that's what a pit bull is. Coming so in. that gold doodle <laughs> was confused. Golden retriever. Okay, to be sorry, to be a pit bull or a golden retriever. Yeah. Continue. Uh, so, should you be what, what 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 if you're an ar- if you are an architect, um, is is what is the route you should take with your clients, as it pertains to being a pit bull or a golden doodle with the building department. So this is one. This is one that like we, I wrestle with, and Alex put it back in perspective with us. So some some clients as as of as of late have wanted to, and in the past too, it doesn't it doesn't matter. They they've wanted us to kind of act like attorneys, kind of like strong arm attorneys with building officials, planners, and and stuff like that, and thinking that like we have this magic wand. And maybe that's a failure on our part to, even though I try to explain it every time is like, look, the build, and then, and then I try to not to get too political. And that is like, look, you got to understand, this is me talking to a client, a potential client is like the, the planning department and the building department have a monopoly on the building process. Meaning there is no, they have no competing entity. So you couldn't, you know, you couldn't submit your set of drawings into the building official. And then at the same time, submit them to a third party maybe you pay an extra fee and see who you know and then you you can decide on which which judgment and how quickly the process goes or not right because then there's this competition but we don't have that competition so does it really help you if you're going you're submitting set you're submitting drawings you're trying to get your building permit does it really help you then to go in there like a pit bull 
and be threatening, be condescending, just a general negative sense of malaise that you're laying over, you know, the process with that building official, which by the way, you then have to work with then maybe two or three months later, right? For another project. And I think that's the real perspective to give yourself is, and your firm, as especially especially as you try to groom employees to work in in the best possible way for you, your clients, you're always stuck in the middle of the building officials and, and, and your and the owners and clients, is is you're trying to appease them. And yes, there are times where you need to come out a little bit stronger in, and, and argue a little bit about, about this or that and the other and come to a compromise. But don't lose perspective of like, do you really want to burn the bridge on this one project when that might, if the developer you're working with, that might be the only time they develop in that town, right? And then, and then the trade-off is like, well, I might work with that developer in another town too, right? So you're, you're weighing like right. which way, and I don't think you can actually pick a side. I actually think you have to be in the middle. Well, it, it depends on the circumstance too, because our the best approach is that you try to um, preempt the building department by meeting with them early and often, uh, you know, really solving their problems for them, finding information, doing all that. But then there gets a point where they consist. The building department will consistently say erroneous stuff, and and I'm serious, like just. Yep. Just tell you to do things backwards and forwards and, and all kind of crazy stuff or things that don't even matter. And then then you have to come out. And, and I found actually the best approach, depending on the developer and how much they do it, is that it's actually, it comes better from the developer first. Yes. And then you back them, then you back up your developer and then say in your client and be like, yeah, absolutely. This is what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, because we're, you know, we're, we're having one of those fights with, with the city of Denver. Um, and I, I honestly think that they're subtly trying to, to kill the project <laughs> because how they can have, they're just willfully misinterpreting intentions bat like, like trash where the trash could go. Oh, we, we, we say it's here. And then they go, well, okay, then why is it not over there? It's like, I don't know, because we said it was here, because this is how it would work. And then they say, don't put it here, put it there. So then we put it there, and then they say, like, well, then how are you going to get it over there? We're like, what are you talking about? What, what are you literally talking about? <laughs> <laughs> how are we going to get to a place that we had no intent of it getting to? Why, why are you assuming, why are you that, assuming? It, that it's going to a place that there's no intent for it to go? You, you just made that up. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And I think the and you're holding up the project for this, no doubt. And the the final thing I would say, the perspective on to be a pit bull or a golden doodle is, we've said it before. We get referrals from cities, believe it or not, where a somebody will come in, a landowner, and they'll they'll have a little sketch, and then they'll then the the building department or the planning department will say, oh well, have you ever have you ever done this? And they'll say, no. Well, how, how does it work? And they're like, oh well, here's somebody who's done it quite a bit. It, like it's working for us so it, it's hard it, that's why i say it's a balance you can't just go one you can't go all the way to the right or the left or the top or the bottom with you know, it's got to be your, your right your position right in the middle and i i you know that's that's where you got to be because you don't want to burn these bridges i mean you just you really want to have a good working relationship mm -hmm. so i don't know S set yourself up for that
Cool. Uh, next thing that we talked about the other day, Al, but I would like to r- bring up again is, I think I'm to the point and I that we are done hiring our sub consultants. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there for a while. Welcome, welcome to the good yeah, side. Yeah, the reason why I like to include. Take, so I'll give you a quick example. The quick example would be just on a little tenant finish. I used to just put a fee down for our mechanical, electrical, plumbing engineer, and I'm just I'm not doing that anymore because um, then I get caught in being. Then I don't like being in the middle of. Oh, we hired that consultant, and it doesn't matter which one the consultant it is. Just some other consultant, right? And, yeah. And they're over. They're over. They're why? Why is this? Why is this consultant? prescribing something that is going to cost me way too much money. I think, I suspect, I assume again that mm. they are overdoing it. While at the same time, you know, if you've worked with that subconsultant before, maybe you've even sat down like I have and watched them run calculations and design design stuff with you in real time and you go, oh, wow, yeah, you aren't, you aren't really over-designing it. You aren't overdoing it. But you can take that all that stress off of yourself if you just... Maybe you're just, it's an architect only contract. Um, so that was one of my lessons of the week for sure. I think uh, this is speculation because, because a lot of architects, that's kind of included. And managing that, man, it's this play. Managing that is worth something. So then your, your fee's higher, but you're managing that. But a lot of times you might not, do you want to spend your time managing that or do you want to spend your time on the architecture and all that? So. And, well, and the reason, just, just, just to let everybody know why I was including it is because then it, I like it. I like doing, I, I like doing it because it, it says we're an all, all, we're one and done. It's like, that's it. You came to us. We got everything you need, needed taken care of. Easier to get the project. Yeah, but now I'm, but then I kind of, I'm like now the last two tenant improvement projects that I've landed, um, well, I just did architecture and that was even before learning the lesson. Yeah. And, uh, didn't even include them. Who, who did the MEP? The owner found We're we're just doing the recommendation. We're just saying, here's what we recommend. We'll yeah. reach out to them. If there's something else you want to see, if you're somebody else you want to see as a consultant that'll work. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm shifting. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's going to work just fine. Awesome. Want to hear about my great idea? And <laughs> That's all he's got is good ideas. Yeah. So Sunday I put together my two-week boot camp for myself, right? Physical? So it was when I was going to go to bed, even like, okay, start your shower at this time so that you can get to bed at this time, so that you can wake up at this time, so that you can go downstairs, throw some water on your face, do some push-ups, do some sit-ups, do some pull-ups, do some other things, come to work, get this done, uh, go to the jujitsu plus the randori, which is like the actual sparring afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, take a cold shower this day, do running this day, all, all, all that thing just planned out for two weeks. Guess how long that lasted? One day. Not even the first night. What, an <laughs> what a guy. So the night of on Sunday night, I was supposed to go to bed at a certain time to wake up. But then we had these family problems, not in my immediate family, but extended kind of family had to deal with that. Then woke up on time, did all this stuff. Uh, First day, got it done. Then the baby decided that, hey, he wasn't going to go to bed till midnight, no matter what. And he was going to scream at you. To of let course. You know, to let you know. And then it, it kind of spiraled from there. He had one good night, then another like terrible night. Uh, the night before, from 11 to 2, he was up. 
Last night wasn't too bad. He just woke up at three. It, actually, he was really bad. My wife was taking care of it. And then at three o'clock, I took over and kept telling him to go to bed. And then he would listen, but he just uh, decided to sing to himself for the next 30 minutes. So I'm like, okay, this is happening yep. at three in the morning. So know that not everything works out perfectly. These people who say they, they have these routines. That's fake news. <laughs> fake news. I mean, I'll try again. I'll try again next week. Maybe it'll work. But some of you I know have kids or are a single mom or a single dad. I understand. Shit goes awry sometimes, literally, <laughs> with kids. Yeah. So don't worry about it. Yeah. I, I think I think when I really appreciate when people share that kind of perspective because then it, it we I, I don't know why we have this idea of like people we listen to, people we watch are just infallible. Um, they're not. And so seeing that kind of just vulnerability yeah. then puts, then you're like, Oh, see, I could do it too. Like, yeah, no, no worries. I'll start it next week, Monday. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. See how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see how, uh, let's see how Nick goes. Let's do it. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. The code. Without an objective, the objective will not be reached. Without a goal, the goal will not be achieved. Without a standard, the standard will not be met. Without a mission, the mission cannot be accomplished. Without an ideal, the ideal will never be realized. Without a clear path, the path cannot be followed. Yet, we as human beings often go through life without any of these. And so, we wander. We wander aimlessly, moving without making any progress. Days, months, and years pass us by. Time is wasted, which means life is wasted. And potential is wasted. Our own potential squandered. Meandering through life instead of becoming who we could be, Instead of attaining our highest possible manifestation of being, we simply become whatever we become. We fall short. In so many ways, we fall short. But this not need be our fate. We can prevail over mediocrity. We do that by chasing the ideal. Our ideal. An ideal that we must define an ideal that we must codify in no uncertain terms so we know what we are striving for. We must have a code to follow. Jocko. Tune in next week for more of The Code. Have you read that? Is that a different book? I think The Code is part of one of his books that I have, um, The Field Manual, Jocko Field Manual. Yeah. So... Which this relates, which this reminds me of, I got to get back on my boot camp next week. Yeah. Try again, <laughs> have an aim, have a code, see what happens. Somehow I have to fi- factor in kids rustling through the night. Uh, how's the oldest one? The oldest one's one? Oh, he's fine. He's fine. It got so bad one night. Everyone woke up. We all went into Atlas's room, which is the older one. He's, he's four. He's almost four. He'll be four in October. And then... We were just talking, hanging out, and uh, my wife was like, Atlas, how about we just sleep in your bed tonight? And, and he's like, yeah, that's great. He goes, <laughs> uh, 
he goes, I'll sing to you. <laughs> and, and I go, and I go, this sounds awesome. Um, I'm going on the couch because I have to wake up tomorrow morning. I'll see all you fools later. <laughs> I left and went to the couch. <laughs> good luck, sir. Yeah. Good luck with so, that. Good luck to all of you in your adventures. And if you need help uh, with with your adventures, with your goals, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can go to dell.com forward slash inside the firm. You can go to ArtCat. Um, if you want to not only help your own adventure, but help people on their adventure, go to RevitRocketShip.com. Click on the enroll in, enroll in course and then use the coupon code B2B to give a local school of your choice the opportunities and the resources that they need to succeed. And if you want to help us, and if you haven't done it yet, why don't you go to your iTunes app and leave us a five-star review on the iTunes app. We would appreciate it. We'll see you next week.